The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands. I hear the music, yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't hear myself in the, in the headphones. Uh, anyway, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of uh, Analyze This, a holiday edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJX. FM 93.1. I'm trying to hear myself here, and for some reason, it ain't coming true, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, we got a great show lined up to the table talk. Uh, starts at the bottom of the hour. Hold on a second here. Let me do the right thing here. And uh, turn this, turn off the volume off the phone. And then, um, uh, yeah, we're gonna be talking with a with a weather service uh, in a little bit. Um, I can't. Okay, they're not answering right now. Um, so, can you please work on my headphones, uh, because I can't get any volume here at all uh, on my headphones. Okay, so check this out. Let me uh, do a COVID update. Uh, we got the Friday numbers. Uh, very good ratio, one hundred and eighty-four negatives. Five positives. That is a um, 36.8 to 1 ratio. So we definitely could live with that. Ain't no doubt about that. Um, Territory-wide, we got 44 actives, 26 on St. Croix, 17 on St. Thomas, 1 on St. John. Right, and with the five actives that we had uh, in the sample that was released on Friday, one was on St. Croix, four was on St. Thomas, none were on St. John. Right, we're approaching that 500,000 benchmark for tests. We're at 470,000 right now, 268, of which uh, 23,207 were positive, and 447,000. And 61 were negative, and up to 23,207, 23,040, there we go, uh, have um, recovered. So, uh, we're doing good right now, going to a very good window, okay? Nationally, it's getting better, right? 8.5% positivity rate, uh, 40,631 actives, I mean, cases per day. Which is awesome. I actually was watching a um, interview with um, Dr. Fauci at one of the late night talk shows. He seems to be comfortable um, that we're okay right now. But of course, the fall wave is what they're concerned about. We got twenty six thousand eight hundred ninety eight hospitalized in all of the jurisdictions, to include the insular positions. Of that, three thousand two hundred and six are in ICU. And 382 deaths per day. Wow. 
worldmeter.info has our number of total cases at 98 million 555,072 since the pandemic started I'm a million 87,880 deaths okay so keeping an eye on where we're at um, with the pandemic slash endemic okay and of course that impacts the marketplace Friday were rough the Dow was down 630 0.15 points, 2.11%. One company saw gains, 29 saw losses. NASDAQ was down 3.80%. S&P 500 down 2.80%. And Russell 2000 was down 2.87%. So Friday was rough on Wall Street. Uh, but we'll see how that uh, pans out. It's my understanding that the professor, I haven't heard from him for a long time, Mr. Jose Alemán from the Weather Service in San Juan is on the line. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. How are you, man? Long time no hear. I know. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. How are your family? How's everybody? How would you make out with Fiona? I'm sorry, what was that? How's the family? How did you make out with oh. Fiona? Oh, good, good. Uh, family's good. Uh, thank you. And uh, Fiona... Uh, well, so far we're we're doing better. We're doing better now. Um, but uh, we we did get uh, quite a bit of rain and a lot of flooding and a lot of mudslides and a lot of damage. Um, but uh, but we're we're getting there. We're How, doing well. How's the power recovery situation going in San, in Puerto Rico? Most people are have power. Um, I believe last I saw was around ninety seven percent or so uh, have power. Um, so we're we're getting there. Okay, that's good to hear. Tell us about the rain from last night. That was significant, a lot of lightning and all that stuff. Um, yes, yes. We've been having, not, not only last night, but the last couple nights, uh, at least here in Puerto Rico, um, we've been having a lot, of, uh, a lot of rain and a lot of mudslides, a lot of flooding. And um, it, it, has been, it has been significant. Several uh, flash flood warnings had to be issued. Um, some areas got over six inches of rain um, so uh, so we, we don't quite expect that today um, but it has been uh, pretty active the last couple nights um, across particularly the northeastern section of, of Puerto Rico during the night. Uh, the USVI though haven't uh, seen that much rain uh, or didn't see that much rain last night compared to um, Puerto Rico but um, I was looking through some statistics and uh, the months of September was uh, overall was uh, pretty rainy, particularly for uh, St. Croix, uh, that now is, is doesn't really have a deficit of rainfall. Uh, unfortunately, St. Thomas still does, a small one, but uh, the, the rainfall situation or the drought situation is improving or has improved uh, over the last couple of weeks over the U.S. Virgin Islands. So that's that's good for, for the USVI. No, we're actually we're we're lime green right now, man. We're lush. It's beautiful. Oh, right that's here. nice. Yeah, yeah. We can't you can't find a brown patch. It's beautiful. It really is. Good, good. Um, and you know we didn't get the direct hit like the south and southwestern part of Puerto Rico did with Fiona, but we got steady rain. We got sixteen hours of rain. Wow. And, uh, that is yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. And I think that was what three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and um, um, it's 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 really greened 
greened up, greened up the territory. So we're green, and we're grateful because remember we went through an extended drought. Yeah. So right now, um, just just uh, while while I have you here on the phone uh, to run some statistics, t- statistics. Oh yeah. Uh, Go the ahead. month of September uh, for Saint Croix. Um, there were 11.23 inches of rain for the total month of September, which is 6.34 inches above normal for the month of September, and um, and also th- uh, year year end, meaning uh, so far this year, uh, 3.61 inches of rain above normal um, for for the island of Saint Croix. Now Saint Thomas. Uh, the airport received 7.41 inches of rain, which uh, is 1.52 inches above normal for the month, and uh, but still has a 0.89 inch deficit for the year. Uh, so that's that's where you, where you stand with the uh, rainfall deficits. And this last month, the St. Th- there were no records for St. Thomas, but St. Croix either tied or broke temperature records in four different occasions uh, and also had a record daily uh, daily rainfall record uh, for the 18th of September with 4.17 inches of rain in, in that 24-hour period when the previous record was 1.56 inches. So uh, it was hot for the first part of the month uh, in St. Croix, a couple of records broken there, and then... Uh, than rainy uh, for a while there with Fiona, uh, so that that is what the month of September looked like for for the USVI for both airports. So record breaking month in the Virgin Islands. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Record breaking month in the Virgin Islands for Saint Croix. For Saint Croix, Saint Thomas. So it there was there weren't very many records broken uh, really at all. Actually, there were any. There were none at all. No records broken. Uh, the I believe, though I I need to recheck this really, but I believe it was the second rainiest September on record for Saint Croix. Uh, though for Saint Thomas, I believe it was like in the twelfth or thirteenth rainiest uh, September. So it wasn't that significant of a of a month uh, with the records uh, for Saint Thomas. But Saint Croix was it was significant uh, with the uh, with the rainfall and the. And the temperatures, 1.5 degrees above normal mean temperature for St. Croix, which is a significant amount. Uh, While St. Thomas was 0.5 degrees below normal. Wow. Um, Right. So different different situation, really, for both islands uh, with regards to temperature. St. Thomas was a little bit below normal. Now, um, driving into the station today, you know, we had the rain last night, and um, visibility is absolutely perfect this morning. Ah yes, it is. Um, there is a nice uh, clear, or, or just a few clouds around. There is no Saharan dust. Uh, we do expect some by midweek, some Saharan dust. That is so visibility and, and haze will uh, visibility will decrease. Haze will increase uh, for the middle to the to the latter part of the week. Uh, but today. Um, this morning is really nice, and then we do expect a few showers to start filtering in later uh, as the day progresses, but we don't expect uh, significant thunderstorms or anything like that uh, for the U.S. Virgin Islands. 
but uh, but some showers will will move in. We have an upper trough that is causing cloudiness just east of the islands, and uh, we do expect that to gradually move uh, into the into the local area, into the local islands. Now, uh, Saint Croix may observe a little bit more cloudiness. They may have. Um, more uh, broken uh, or mostly cloudy skies while St. John is starting to get that that cloudiness and eventually St. Thomas. Now, um, can we get a marine advisory and a beach goer advisory because today is a holiday and folks right. are getting... Well, the marine conditions are actually good. Uh, we have our seas are four feet or less, um, so pretty tranquil, not not very choppy at all. And we do not have any sort of uh, high risk of rip currents uh, for our beaches. Um, so low risk of rip currents uh, throughout the beaches in the U.S. Virgin Islands and seas four feet or less. So generally uh, fairly good uh, marine conditions. The winds, which is another thing that a few people um, have to keep in mind, uh, they are about 10 to 15 knots, which is uh, roughly 17 miles per hour or less um, from from the east to east-southeast. So, honestly, not too bad of a day for, for the beach. No advisories, no warnings or anything relating to marine conditions. Now, um, let, let's get back to um, the visibility. And you said we're looking at some Saharan dust Wednesday or Thursday? Right, so very late Tuesday, very, very late Tuesday um, into Wednesday and Thursday is when it looks like we could have some some Saharan dust across the area. So the visibility will uh, deteriorate um, d- during that time. Now, the very latest guidance has us under this Saharan dust, under significant Saharan dust or or re- a visibility reducing dust um, through most of Thursday. And then Friday it starts to improve a little bit, but there's still, uh, we do still expect Saharan dust through into Friday, but the concentration is not going to be that much. And then by then late in the weekend by, uh, I'm sorry, by Saturday, yeah, by Saturday, it looks like most of the uh, Saharan dust already will be will be out. Okay, okay, that's good. So, um, when should we expect some more rain? Weekend? Well, I, well, here's the here's the thing. The the when the rain uh, is expected, or or when the Saharan dust rather is expected, the um, there's going to be a lot of moisture in the area. So we do expect some Saharan dust and patches of moisture moving in. So just because it will be hazy doesn't necessarily mean that it won't be uh, rainy at times, which is normally not what happens with the hair and dust. Oftentimes you see, uh, you know, hot and fairly uh, good weather when it comes to that. But um, we do have um, scattered showers that are expected still. Uh, Now, any big event of rainfall, uh, we do expect... Uh, later on Tuesday, there, uh, the USVI may, may see some, some good rainfall. Uh, and then after that, with the Saharan dust, some uh, showers uh, passing, but not great accumulation. And then by Friday, once the Saharan dust decreases a little bit, um, it does increase the amount of rain, though it's not expected to be as much as what we um, expect tomorrow. 
uh, for the U.S. Virgin Islands. Now, the rainfall that we expect tomorrow is not expected to be, you know, uh, to cause significant flooding. But uh, ponding of water and roadways and poor drainage areas, that sort of thing, would be possible. Um, but the shower activity really is not expected to decrease in great amounts until maybe Thursday. Looks like the driest day this week. Uh, Thursday, and then the shower activity will increase again late Thursday night into Friday with scattered showers uh, passing through the area. Okay. Well, we appreciate you, um, you know, educating us and letting us know what to expect uh, for the remainder of the week. Um, Sarah does um, late tomorrow. Uh, potentially, and then uh, Wednesday and Thursday, so we'll see how that happens. Thank you very much, Professor Jose Alemang. Appreciate you. All right, no problem. Have a good day. Okay, you too. That's um, Jose Alemang from the National Water Service down there in San Juan. So the Saharan dust um, working its way through the region. And, of course, uh, you know, with the rain that we've been getting, um, you know, we got to keep an eye on the fluctuation there because... Things could change in a heartbeat. And like I said, um, today when I was driving in, it's like you could reach out and touch Buck Island. When you're um, passing Golden Rock Shopping Center um, by um, John F. Kennedy uh, Project, and right after you pass that, um, there's a there's a shot. There's a line of sight. Um, when you're looking past what is now the Juanita Guardian School, it was originally the, the Christian State Public School and Public High School, and then uh, Elena Christian. It's now got Juanita Guardian, and you can see a direct line of sight to um, uh, Buck Island. So, check. so today is a very, very good day for visibility. Um, I'm already seeing the vague outline of St. John to the right and St. Thomas to my left with my line of sight, my vista. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. Today's going to be a beautiful day uh, in paradise with the rain clearing out. Um, after last night. Okay, so we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about um, Governor proclaiming today Indigenous Peoples Day, as well as um, UVI honoring a son of the soil, Eldridge Blake. We'll be back right after this. St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go, and our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com. Great question, huh? That's a great question. And that's a great question. Wow, that's another great question. That's uh that's a great question. Oh, that's a great <laughs> that's a great question. That is a great question. What a great question. On fresh air, you'll hear unexpected questions and unexpected answers. 
Weekdays at noon on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. The VI Energy Office and the University of the Virgin Islands Caribbean Green Technology Center are hosting the first VI Energy Fair. There will be outdoor live demonstrations, interactive workshops, and leaders from the community will be on site to discuss what the territory is doing to reduce energy costs. The fair will be held at the UVI campuses from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on St. Thomas on October 15th and on St. Croix on October 30th. For more information about the energy fair, cgtc-usvi.org forward slash energy dash fair. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve! By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. And we're back here and analyze this. It's a beautiful uh, Indigenous People's Day, Columbus Day, Vieira Rico Friendship Weekend here uh, in Paradise. Like I said, outside is lovely. Island's green. And I'm looking forward to the table talk starting at the bottom of the hour. So uh, let me first go um, to what took place on Friday, right? That's St. Thomas Story, sorry, written by Judy Schimmel. Um, Eldridge Blake, arguably the greatest athlete, all-around athlete, that is. Play every sport well. Out of St. Thomas, um, the uh, Sports and Fitness Center um, was renamed in his honor on Friday. And uh, um, in reading the story, he said they gathered Friday morning to honor Eldridge Blake, a stellar athlete who went on to launch UVI sports program in 1976. The building where he made it all happen came from humble beginnings, much like Blake himself, and was destroyed by Hurricane Marilyn in 1995. It was rebuilt as part of the storm recovery plan and became home to an expanded college athletics program and is best known as the host of Paradise Jam, NCAA Division I basketball tournament, which is a Thanksgiving uh, time of the year event. So... I uh, want to definitely give props uh, to Eldridge Blake. It's my understanding that uh, um, Dr. Radrick said he more had um, introduced him or was supposed to introduce him, so I'm hoping that's um, how it went. And Dr. Howell himself, a former student athlete, welcomed the gathering of about 100 people as the speeches began inside the gymnasium. He called the renaming a great day for Bucks Nation and praised Blake for his years of dedication to college team sports and also spoke about the value athletics bring to the university experience. You know, I laugh because uh, when I went to St. Thomas one time, right, I noticed um, the circumference from the Emil Griffith ballpark um, right field is actually the deepest part of a softball um, park and that's very rare. Normally the deepest part is always center field and they said that's because of Eldridge Blick. And when he knocked them, they don't come back. So they had to make um, right field in uh, Emil Griffith Ballpark, right on the uh, waterfront, uh, the deepest spot, uh, to keep uh, Eldridge Blake in check. 
And uh, he played baseball, track and field, basketball. I know he played volleyball, too. Remember, he used to get my name, Bruce Ray. We used to re- I used to read that name a lot uh, in, the, uh, in the Daily News. W-R-A-Y, Bruce Ray. So, uh, so that's good. So, um, congratulations to Elgis Blake and his family and people of St. Um, Thomas and John um, for naming the the facility in his honor and uh, doing the graph and Senator uh, Senator doing the graph and Senator Novel Francis um, were there and the graph Senator uh, the graph served as the main sponsor of Act eighty five ten which dedicated the center in uh, Mr Blake's name okay so so that's good all right Elridge Wilburn Blake Sports and Fitness Center. That's the name of it now. And it seats up to 3,000 persons and also houses classrooms and a VIP skybox slash public relations area. It is the premier athletic facility of its type in the Caribbean. So definitely take a bow, Elridge Blake. Okay? Now the governor uh, signed a proclamation officially recognizing today as Indigenous Peoples Day. So that's the Taino's. Yeah, check. Um, and remember, I had um, there was a campaign done by um, Miss Phillips, right? Uh, because of course, you know, this weekend, you know, pursuant to legislation from back in the sixties, uh, is VI Puerto Rico Friendship Day weekend, right? And the governor has uh, done the right thing and um designated um, via proclamation that um, Indigenous Peoples Day is what uh, we're at, right? Now, uh, uh, there's going to be an event on Wednesday. Ms. Phillips going to be welcoming to the territory um, Roberto Mucaro, who heads up the, the Guania Taina tribe of Borinquen and serves as the president of the Unified Federation of Taino People. And according to her, this is a source article as well, he's coming so we can do a declaration of understanding between our two tribes. They will also view the collection of Taino artifacts that were recovered when the Tutuma was constructed in the early 1990s. The artifacts are held at Fort Christian but are not on display for the public, she added. Ms. Phillips is also submitting an application to officials of the British Virgin Islands to establish her tribe. I have a lot of family on Tortola. Five of the sisters of my great-grandmother lived there. So, um, we're getting a history lesson. And that's a good thing. You know, the, you know we, we like to refer to us and the territory as the seven flags, but in reality, it should be minimum. It should be eight. The Taino flags, uh, the Taino flag should be Right up there, you know, with the Spanish, the English, the Dutch, Knights of Malta, French, Danish, and American flags. Without a doubt. They they are uh, the the indigenous ethnicity uh, that was here uh, in the territory. And, um, you know, Caribs, Arawaks, what have you, you know, they, they ran things around here for the longest and uh, and you know they were the ones who were massacred you know when um, the pirates came from uh, 
Europe. Claiming they're going east and I'm going west. And next thing I know, they were here in a region. And they did significant damage. Um, and our history needs to reflect, you know, what really took place. Um, what's the map now? 530 years ago? It's 1492. And yeah, now it's 2022. Yeah, yeah. It's a long time. 530 years. So we got to... You know, it's never too never too late to do what is right, according to Rocky Lay, but with that good conversation we had uh last week. So looking forward to to talking uh um with um Ronnie Russell, uh Rocky Laybot and Doug School uh at the bottom of the hour. Um as a matter of fact it's my understanding that uh Doug School um is already on. Uh good morning, Mr. Majority Leader, what's up? Morning, Mr. President. Yankees getting ready for the for the for the blues they're gonna get. <laughs> I tried to stay away from from baseball because three people who are very near and dear to me, um, they get sent home last night. You check. So uh, I, I I really try my best to leave it alone. Okay. Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. I, I got you. I you just want to, to, to 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 be with you on the journey. <laughs> They, they they win a lot of regular season games. I think they win 101 games and all kind of thing. And, you know, unfortunately, yeah. by the time the weekend done, Bermuda, <laughs> Bermuda, Cabo, Bahamas, all these places going to make a lot of money now because people there on vacation with their family. You check? So, yeah. They like what they man to do on, on, on basketball. They go and fishing. They go fishing. They go start up the boat. They go start up the boat, crank up the boat and put on the fisherman hat. Yeah, check. Yeah, no, but the Virgin Islands. I hope they come down here. Yeah, they come in, they come in, they come in, they come in. We got good But they had a great season. They had, the Mets had a great season, and and you know it shows the importance. People keep talking about well, it's what you're doing in the playoffs and all that stuff. In order to get to the playoffs, you have to have a great regular season, right? Yeah. And um, the Mets literally led the National League East. The yeah. entire regular season, is in, uh, except for like the last ten days to a week, right? When the Braves take over, yeah. And uh, you know, it's is uh, and because of that, the way the playoffs are set up, right? You got six teams from each league that make the playoffs. The two division winners who have the best records, because they got three divisions in every league. The two division yeah. winners, they get a buy, right? Mm -hmm. Now. Um, had the Mets won the National League East, they would not have been playing the Padres. It would have been the Atlanta right. Braves. You check, Braves, yeah. but because the yeah. Braves passed them in the last week, um, they ended up playing in the wild card round. And you know, crazy things happen in a short series. And you know, we yep. saw we saw what happened. So to all the Mets fans, you know, you had a great year. Um, don't feel that way. Um, but um, the varsity is playing tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> The varsity team is playing tomorrow, you know. Uh, so please, uh, uh, and I go call my partner, um, by Winston Fike. Uh, he live in Queens, you know, and uh, you know, yeah. the majority of people who live in Queens is Mets fans, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so when I talked to him, um, two weeks ago, because we had talk sports and has race all the time, he said, you know, I moved from St. Thomas to New York in '68, and I never been to Yankee Stadium. I said, you ain't got no shame. Eh? You got a shame. You got a shame. 
a, a, a national, a national, uh, what's the term that I use? Uh, um, a national land, a landmark, a landmark, a national landmark like Yankee Stadium. And because you're a diehard Mets fan, you never go to Yankee Stadium. You're gonna shame. Well, please, about, please, but, but, please stay in the Mets. Please stay over there in Mets. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just teasing him, but now he's a hardcore Yankees. And a, I mean, a Mets and a Jets fan. The Jets, the Jets used yeah. to play in Queens too. Both of those teams used to play at Shea Stadium. Um, Man, the Jets, went, the Jets went down bad yesterday. Jets, Jets scored 40 points in a game for the first time in Donkey years, man. This yeah, look, man. They're looking good. Looking good. So, yeah. so we're going to see how that pan out. We should be hearing from Roddy Russell uh, anytime now. And then hopefully uh, the ranking member are uh, going to be joining us. How's the weather over there in St. Thomas? Because it's beautiful over here. Well, the sun is out right now. We had uh, you know, some overnight showers, but the sun is out right now. So it's looking good, clearing up. How, how the, the, yeah. the, the rain was heavy or just, just showery? Because it was no, heavy no, over no, here. Just, just, just little showers, you know, passing showers. We had, we had uh, some. Enough for the Trushy and the Guana them to get something to drink. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So today is the first day of early voting, man. Twenty-two days. Today is the first day of early voting. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that all the registered voters go out and exercise their right to vote. Uh, they're those who died to give us this right. Don't take it. Don't take it like that. We got to go out and and do it. Even if you have to put in a blank ballot, if none of the candidates on the on the, on the ballot is of your choice. You can object with a blank ballot. So please, we're asking everybody, go out and vote. Do it early and get it over with. Like Precious said, do it and done. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was looking at the primary numbers uh, for early voting, and I saw where uh, in St. Thomas and St. John, right, you had mm-hmm. 2,149 total votes cast in early voting. And on election day, you had a thousand and sixty-four, so mm-hmm. more, so more than two thirds of those who participated in the primary in Saint Thomas and Saint Thomas Saint John and Saint Croix, because Saint Croix it was two thousand and thirty-eight early voting and a thousand forty on election day. More than two thirds of the people who voted in the primary voted early voting. So there's a likelihood you, you might see the same kind of percentages as it relates to when they are going to participate in the process. Absolutely. But let me ask you, where, where's the Rattan poll? That um supposed to be coming out sometime soon. I remember remember no, remember we had that uh that situation where he didn't want to impact the early voting. Remember? Yeah. And he and he waited until the window between that. So uh I don't know, I gonna I gonna reach out to him. We had the VI uh what's it, tech stack? I think of the tech stack poll that came out. Yeah, tech stack poll. Yeah, come on, yeah. We're going to talk about it today for sure. Uh, Rocky, by the way, has joined us, uh, the ranking member out of St. John Numero Uno and La Papeleta. What's up, Rocky, man? Yeah, good morning, guys. Good morning to your listening audience. And never just want to get under the weather, man. A little nasally. A little nasally. I good. A little nasally. I good. I good. Can't complain. How are you? You all right? No, man, I good, I good. How, uh, how's St. John? Everything good. You know, um, the weather was a little, you know, if you ate there like the last night, you know, and was kind of a little surprising to me. I, I thought that we had so much of that kind of thing going on, but it, it seems like it was a little passing stuff, you know, but you still overcast somewhat. You know, the sun is up, but, you know, it's not like the old typical day, you know. So, well, well, I, well I, I, we see, we see, def, we definitely see lightning over here, 
uh, are you saying you see lightning in St. John? And I asked Docs if you see any lightning in St. Thomas, but tell me what shower more than lightning. Yeah. No, man. No, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, lightning too in St. Thomas. But, uh, but I'm telling you, it's nothing like the lightning I saw a couple weeks ago or something like a week ago or two. And the thundering, man, I never heard so much, so loud a thundering in my years. That thing was serious, <laughs> really. So, when I was, when I was, just about, just about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, yeah, I'm serious on there, man. Okay, but, okay. You know the one. When Fiona was passing, one good thing, Neville. Huh? When Fiona was passing. One. Yeah, one good thing though. Everything green. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Lime, lime green, lime green. The tough, the tough, the tough is for yeah. the tough is, is nice and green. Listen, Ronnie Russell has uh, joined a conversation from Kena Ridge. Good morning, Councillor. How are you? I am doing well. And how is everybody doing? We enjoying the rain. <laughs> we, we, we enjoying the rain. Yeah, now we enjoying G too. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie. Good morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morning, morning, Docs. Morning, uh, Rocky and Neville and all of you wonderful listeners. Neville, the first time I have seen East End by uh, Point Uda Green. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling, I'm telling, I'm telling you. Look, I went St. Thomas on Tuesday, right, gentlemen. And I was flying over. You know how the seaplane will fly over a part of the, the island before it, it, it land right there. So when it go over Wapa and over uh, what used to be Shabbat, my son, mm -hmm. you can't find a brown patch and a grung at all. A, no. lo a lovely green, man. Lovely green. So yeah. so we so we definitely going to take it. Remember, we had that extended dry drought for a long time. Yeah. So we definitely take it. Randy, we missed you on the because last week. Docs was, <laughs> Docs was the COO. And, and and Rocky was the CEO and I was the CFO and we were missing the chief legal officer. We wanna know where it was because we were we, we, uh, yeah. we, we, we were talking about a very uh, a, a, a high impact issue. Um so we got we're gonna touch on that a little bit when we come back from the break, Rani, bring you up to speed to let you know where we at. And I'm then we yeah, yeah, and you. Yeah, we're going to a break I'm now. Before you go to the break. Yeah. Oh, you're on a break now? Okay, yeah. I'll soon you come back. Okay, when we go to the we go to our break, we'll come back, we'll touch on that a little bit, and we'll touch on some, some national and local politics as well. We'll be back right after this. The Table Talk is in full effect. Winning documentaries and specials, the BBC World Service brings you in-depth reporting and unique perspectives. Programs with a distinctive global flavor from the BBC World Service. Starting at 2 a.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Funding for the BBC World Service comes from First Bank. First Bank's digital bank offers check deposits, bill pay, transfers, and more from anywhere 24-7. More at onefirstbank.com. El sistema de elecciones de las Islas Vírgenes lo está haciendo más fácil para que tú formes parte de nuestro equipo por medio de nuestro programa de voluntarios. Estamos en busca de personas buenas como tú que puedan proveer a cada votante el apoyo que necesitan para que efectivamente puedan participar en el proceso de votación. 
puede comenzar recogiendo y completando la aplicación para voluntarios de cualquiera de nuestras oficinas en el territorio. Usted puede servir como monitor. También tienes la opción de convertirte en un facilitador, asegurando que los votantes que están votando por primera vez, los envejecientes y la comunidad de deshabilitados puedan votar con confidencia y acertadamente. Si tienes el tiempo y estás dispuesto a servir, hay un lugar para ti. Solo inscríbete. Si quieres más información, llama al 340-773-1021. Y recuerda, el votar no es solo su derecho, es lo correcto hacer. What does the 50th anniversary of Title IX mean? It means I'm valued, I'm empowered, I can do anything. It means I'll pave the way for every girl who plays high school sports in the future. Just like every female student, coach, official, and administrator blazed the trail for me. Because every student deserves the opportunity to play. Encourage girls you know to participate in high school sports. This message presented by the NFHS and the National Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. back here on Analyze This. It's a beautiful day in paradise, the table talk, which is normally what we do on Monday. You know, we break things down based on what takes place over the weekend and what we're looking at uh, for this week. Let me let me do a roll call here. Um, Santa Armando, Rocky Lay, what else I seen, John? Yo, what's up, President? Um, good morning. Yeah. Good morning to everyone listening and my co-partners. The, the, the majority leader and the two presidents. Without a doubt. Donald Duck's call out at the same time as the majority leader. Good morning. Good morning, uh, so President. Please, uh, Neville, I just want to say, uh, one of your ardent listeners said that we analyze this. We now need to analyze that. <laughs> I like I like that. I like that. And of course, President of the 29th Legislature for Term Center, Auto St. Croix, Ronald Russell. Originally from the west, from the Riviera, down in the west, but no, from Kena Ridge and the north side. Good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, Neville. Good morning, Docs. Good morning, Rocky. And good morning to your wonderful audience. Good I up. am doing exceptionally well. I live in St. Croix. It's green. It's beautiful. And the beaches are coming back. That's right. That's right. That's right. Rocky, wanted to say something? Yes, sir, Mr. President. I, I, I want to say this because, you know, we were family here on the the broadcast as we we are on Mondays, but I I can't help but say that there was a lot of discussion surrounding one of our members um, in the last few days, and I believe that it should be appropriate for our member to have a chance for their day in the sun. And I'm talking about Ronnie Russell as it relates to um, the GRS, oh. so that he gets his point out. Without a doubt, without a doubt. So, um, the ranking member has spoken without objection. So I gonna heal. I, <laughs> so, so so ordered. So ordered. Randy, t- t- tell us about the GRS runnings. I know last week uh, the governor mentioned one hundred and fifty eight dollar pay, one hundred fifty eight million dollar payment, and uh, that coincided with um, the the GRS's decision um, to increase. Um, compensation and, and a compensation package for the administrator. Um, so if you will uh, speak to that so we could break that down here. You know, we, we don't duck nothing on the, on, on the table talk. So the floor is yours. Well, good. 
Good morning to everybody. Um, let me say I was very, very surprised by the public, you know, output in this situation. Um, you know, I, I've never understood how we as Vodinandans treat our own. You know, that decision was made and discussed extensively in our executive session. So I, I don't really comment and I don't want to comment about the executive session because I can't. And we elected a new chair, Mr. Dwayne Carwood, and if he, he wants to speak about it, it's fine. But let me just say this, okay? Uh, <clears throat> the criticism lodged, you know, it's, it's like a mob mentality. Everybody buying to, you know, criticism and putting down without understanding the dynamics. And let me say that I voted for the race and I would vote again for the race. And the criticism and the public, you know, sentiment don't sway me. You know, uh, mob mentalities have done a lot of damage where people just buy into something and they don't understand it. And then the extreme criticism is lodged upon some people who are given authority to reasonably analyze and come up with decisions that would benefit everybody. The problem is that everybody don't understand it. And if they say one side and jump onto it, it becomes like a mob mentality. And that's the same thing. It's a mob that killed Jesus. Whether they knew he was the, the Messiah or not, they know. And it's mob mentality that led to the extermination of the Jews. Mob mentalities do not work because they're based on emotion and not rational and reasonable decisions. And nobody who made that decision to give a raise didn't analyze thoroughly all of the circumstances. And I will leave it there. Well, you know something, Ronnie? I, I, I want to chime in here. I want to give some historical context, and I want to bring Docs and uh, Rocky back into the discussion. Um, back in, I believe it's 2006-ish, 2007, the, the GRS, the portfolio at that time, I think it had maxed out at about $1.4 right? We always had the unfunded liability, but I believe it reached up to that number or that, that area, right? And we had... Remember Mr. Um, Lawrence Bryan was the administrator yep. at one point? And yep. then and then um Willis Tadman, right? And then and then uh, after Willis Tadman, Mr. Nev's been there for a while now. Right? What one of the things, and I mentioned this when I was speaking with Summer about this last week, right? Um they measure 
uh, or they determine uh, typically, right? Pension systems determine compensation based on they look at the size of the portfolio, right? Yep, exactly. Right. right? Uh, this is just contextual um, perspective we're providing here now, right? I ain't trying to say who right or wrong and all that stuff. And 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 Rocky, one of the things um, uh, at conferences when we would talk and 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 when the 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 question will come up with respect to you know well, what's the size of your pension system? Government pension system, like maybe one at the time, like one point one, one point two billion, you know. And uh, we pay our administrator one hundred and fifty thousand. They're like, are you crazy? How you how you get away with that, right? In other words, Rocky, um, when you manage a, a portfolio that size, right? Typically, and this is 15, 16, 17 years ago, um, you would command three, four hundred thousand dollars to manage a portfolio. Over worth over a billion dollars. You check now. I know down here, you know, we have a problem compensating local people a lot of money. That's just a this historical, you know, you know, um, you know, uh, I don't want to say problem, but it's just historically that's what we do. We're not big on compensating local people a lot of money, but sometimes you got to put things in its, in its proper perspective. Now, now the timing might be a little off given what we're dealing with, right? But, but I'm telling you, Rocky. When somebody managing a portfolio of a billion dollars, you can't want to pay them one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars. That one ain't working. I'm I'm listening to you, um, Neville, and I, I, and that's one of the reasons why I asked that Ronnie explained. But I don't think he's gone far enough in his explanation because you are taking it to another level now that breaks it down as to how we arrive at these different figures because mm-hmm. if that is the case you know we could do that for a lot of entities what? from uvi to the hospitals um to even WAPA. you know all of these ceos they could be looked at the same way and they they, you know, and so they, comma- they, they, comma- they commanded three four hundred thousand dollars a year man exactly exactly but not even that even waco at one point they they was getting paid over two hundred thousand dollars exactly so i'm saying that Yes, I'm saying that I, I wanted to have some kind of information because there, there are people who listen to this radio station at this time and so they could understand what it is you're dealing with. Now, like you say, not necessarily right or wrong. I think people just feel that, well, we just get some money, so you're paying it out. You're just cutting it like all you want. And that, that's, how they, that's the general consensus yeah, of why that's yeah. Yeah, the the, 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 yeah. the, the, the timing, and that's why I mentioned the timing aspect, right? The timing aspect yeah. is, 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 to me, right, a, a, a bigger issue in, in, in how people are looking at it simply because um, people are looking at it very, very, very raw, duck school, right? The governor of the Virgin Islands, pursuant to legislation, makes an annual payment, right? $158 million dollars. And at the same time, $158 million is what the governor, the, the, the check the governor gave to the, the system. Oh, 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 I thought you said mid. Uh, you oh, oh. salary of the governor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. no, 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 no. The, the governor, the, uh, the governor wrote, um, I think the, the government in the Virgin Islands, they, 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 they um, gave a check to the GRS back in April, I believe, for $89 million. And then last week, one for for one hundred and fifty eight million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. right? 
And of course, that's that's I don't want to say a drop in the bucket, but that pales in comparison to the size of the unfunded liability, right? But it is what it is. The the reality is the compensation for administrator names coincided with when this check was given to this payment was made to the government employees retirement system. And on the surface, the public is saying, but wait a minute, we just get some money. Now they, they compensate in. There's a timing thing more anything else, Doc School. And you know about politics. Timing is everything. I, timing is everything, but uh, I, I must say that the Virgin Island Water and Power Authority, right, brought in a new CF, uh, CFO, I mean uh, CEO, and they paid, the board gave that over $300,000 with living expenses and moving expenses and all of that. The uproar that came from that pales in comparison to the uproar that came from this decision by the board. And the Virgin Island Water and Power Authority, everybody know, is in financial problem, correct? That's a fact. Yeah, it's in financial problem. So how is it these guys are able to compensate uh, this individual and others that came in and they're in financial problem. And yes, we have an infusion of money into the GERS, which I pray Neville and Ronnie, I know you there at the helm that this money is going to invest, we invested in order for us to get a return on our investment so we can keep this system going. But timing is everything. And we squeak and we squeal and we go on when local, strictly local individuals are compensated at a level you know, where we are not comfortable with. But when others are, you hear a little squeak. But you don't get, as, 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 as Ronnie said, the mob mentality. We have the University of the Virgin Islands, Dr. Ha. We have a CEO for the hospital, the hospitals. And these guys are compensated at a level. And you're correct, Neville. It is what they're managing. They're managing a portfolio. And in the States... Comparatively, these guys are underpaid. Like Araki said, uh, our colleague uh, didn't go into the executive session concern. But my concern is the dissenting opinion. The dissenting opinion that created, you know, the malaise around this thing is what I'm interested in. Because from the consenting opinion... You know, the consenting opinion is basically saying we could have wait. Timing. We could have wait. We didn't have to do it now. And he didn't ask for this and he didn't ask for that. That's the concern that I have. And we're not going to get it because Ronnie said that he's not going to deal with his situation in the executive session, which he can't. But I think, as Rocky said, he didn't go far enough in explaining, you know, around it outside of the executive session. He came to that decision, you know. Remember, okay. Well, remember, he is he is the chief legal officer for our water company, you know, and uh, I know, and 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 lawyers, um, they they are sharp from the standpoint of when they could speak and how they could speak on certain things. So, um, the the executive session is is a protection a protectionary move there, you know, and docs and and and, and Rocky, right? Yeah, but the transcript of the executive session isn't, isn't confidential to the point. You can read out 
the executive session transcripts under the Sunshine Act. <laughs> well, well, we we gonna lay, we gonna lay because there is some confidentiality involved with executive session, right, um, Senator Russell? Yes. Let me say this, Rocky, Docs, and Neville. There were at least three or four attempts to get a replacement for Mr. Nibs, and they all failed. The and last you go, attempt... You know, the compensation that, that those people were asking for. Go okay. ahead. The last attempt... <clears throat> I was chair of the policy committee and chair of the search committee. We paid a company some money to do a search nationally and locally. They did a complete search. And the one person that was interested withdraw his name at the last minute. And the GERS was left in a situation that we didn't do any succession planning, which we have in place now, and we would be without an administrator. We're gonna take that, a break. We're gonna take a break right there. And that, okay, and that's I, the I, situation. I, I'm gonna let you pick it up when we come back, and we can wrap up this topic, and then uh, touch touch on other areas. Um, that, that we definitely want to talk about on this uh, Monday Table Talk. Columbus Day, VI Puerto Rico Friendship Day, Indigenous Peoples Day 2022 here in the Virgin Isles. We'll be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Good morning, neighbor. I see you got your bumper stickers and your hat sign up, Polly. Yes, I'm so ready for this election season. Me too. Just waiting for the info on the polling places and then ballots. What polling places? You mean voting centers? The election system is using voting centers this year, where you can go anywhere across the island, walk in, fill out a ballot. Just bring your ID. Really? Because my daughter lives in Tutu, but walk all the way by the airport and would try to run back home before the sun goes down to vote. Nope. You're no longer stuck to just your neighborhood on election day. Voting centers mean you can vote anywhere in your district. And the next time, try the early voting option too. Skip the line all together on election day. Girl, you have all the good tips this year, man. So, who's going to win? Ha! Read my yard sign. Then pick any voting center. Just remember, voting is not just your right. It's, it's the, the right, right thing, thing to do. A message from the election system of the Virgin Islands. 